Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bags, the podcast for below-average golfers by two below-average golfers. My name is Owen Smith, as always, joined by Caleb Wallen. And Caleb, it is the third major of the year, U.S. Open week. Uh, Very excited for this. It's a big weekend for us. It's Father's Day. Uh, It's both of our second time celebrating Father's Day. So extremely excited for what's in store for that. We're less than 14 days away from the bags trip number two, which you and T talked about in the last episode. Uh, if you were listening and, a li- and were a little confused, the emergency podcast was recorded after the podcast that got re- released later in the week. Uh, so you kind of went back in history a little bit before all the chaos that ensued from PGA and the PIF and, and all that other stuff that was going on. Um, so if you were confused, just want to clarify that, but Caleb, how are you doing tonight? Doing amazing. There's a lot of things coming up that I'm just super excited for, um, and ready to, ready to get the ball rolling. No pun intended. No pun intended. Very good time to be a bags listener, be involved in the bags community. Uh, very good time to be a part of bags. Of course, uh, like Caleb was saying, we do have some exciting news. Uh, we were hoping to be able to share it tonight, but just finalizing a couple of things. I got all the approvals, which is good. Um, just finalizing some promotional stuff so that we can uh, present this in, in the best way possible for our bags listeners and followers and everything there. So be on the lookout after the U.S. Open. Uh, you'll you know see some see some content from us on on what's coming here soon. So let's get into it. It's the U.S. Open. Third major, like I said, it is, I don't know. I, I always feel like, I mean, all the majors are pretty unpredictable. Um, and I think that the U.S. Open tends to be more unpredictable than most. They're, you know, especially with it being USGA trying to, trying to get back at players, it feels like, or just trying to, you know, flex their muscles a little bit on, on course setup and the rough. I mean, if, if you are a part of golf Twitter or golf social media, you're very well aware of uh, how deep the rough is this week. Uh, it's a tradition unlike any other uh, with the U.S. Open. So, again, a, a way for the USGA and the, the course superintendents and all that really to get back at the players and, and show them, you know, how difficult golf can be even at the, at the best uh, with the best players in the game. So it's very unpredictable. Last year, Matt's, Matt Fitzpatrick won it. Um, first time major winner. There seems to be a trend with, you know, US Open usually being first time major winners. Um uh and a lot of people winning their first major at the US Open. So I don't know. I mean, it feels like, you know, with the Masters and PGA Championship, we kind of went into it like, you know, it's Scotty, it's it's Rom, it's maybe Rory, and and then, you know, Brooks showed up at the Masters and it's like, okay, now Brooks is part of the conversation. Um, and it feels like, you know, of course, those are still storylines, but again, very unpredictable uh, going into it. Uh, it's at LA Country Club, so very excited to see what that looks like. And uh, Caleb, I mean, I feel like we're obvious on who we always lean towards, but uh, with the US Open in mind, who are you kind of leaning towards this week? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to go with the guy that shot a course record there before. Okay. Um, potentially still has the course record. I, I can't he remember. Does. He does. Okay. So he does have it. Um, probably cliche for us at this point, but I, I do mean it uh, from the bottom of my heart. We're going to go with Max Homa to pull it out. 
Um, I my my personal short list um, is going to consist of Max Brooks and Hovland. I think Max knows the place so well. Um, Hovland's been playing pretty well, and then Brooks is Brooks when it comes to majors. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw those three um, in the in the winter hat um, and see if we can pull one of those guys out. I mean, uh, the Max Homa thing is definitely. You know, when we went into this, I think coming into this season, him being an L.A. um, kid, him being, you know, he was making such a good run towards the end of 2022, early 2023. um, And it seemed like this was just going to be the one that lines up for him. It's about time that Max wins a major. Um, You know, I I know that you threw out there like maybe he can win the Masters. And, you know, I think there were high expectations for Max and. Unfortunately, you know, not that he was outright terrible, but like he did, he wasn't having the performances for the standard that everybody had set for him. And I think that there's even it's it's weird because the expectations I think have lowered because of his performance at at uh, the Masters at the PGA Championship. Uh, so I think the expectations have lowered a little bit, which I think are in his favor. But when you are playing at a, you know, playing a U.S. Open where the venue changes every year, this is the first time that we've seen the L.A. Country Club. He holds the course record. There is still some of that standard that's set for him. Um, I, I'm really hoping. I still have an outright bet for Max to win the the U.S. Open because of all of those factors. But there is a little part of me that's getting, I don't know, a little scared about it. A, a little like. Uh, let's think about some other options because, you know, again, would love Max Homa to win. One of my favorite players on tour by far. But just because or, or because of what we have seen in the past couple of majors, I am a little hesitant on it. And I'm also a little hesitant that there is going to be some pressure because he is the hometown kid. And there is this expectation that he could win this, that um, and having the course record, like how many times do you think that's going to be aired out on the broadcast this weekend? <laughs> Yeah, um, probably enough that it's probably going to be against him at some point. Like, oh, well, he just shot 71. Well, he has the course record. Why couldn't he have shot another 61? Like, okay. (laughs) He knows his way around the course, obviously, but that doesn't necessarily translate to how you're hitting the ball that day. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can navigate a course all you want, but if you're still not hitting the shots that you need to hit, it doesn't matter. So, you know. Obviously, we're pulling for him. Um, that's why I'm thinking, like, maybe he's not one or maybe he's not 1A That's that I think is going to win. Um, but, I mean, he he loves playing in front of his, you know, in front of his people. He's talked about it. Um, and he's also talked about, you know, the, you know, the Dodgers have won the World Series and the, the Lakers have won the, the finals. Like, he's he's ready to feel that in his hometown. So, right. Um, I am pulling for him for sure. And I think when you look at the stats, you know, I've been listening and reading and trying to figure out again, all the, I've watched some videos on like the course and everything. What, what matters when it comes to this course. And I think like Justin Ray, for example, a very trusted source when it comes to major championships and just golf in general and the statistics of it, his two key things that he's watching out for is stroke strokes gained off the tee and uh, approach to the green strokes gained as well. Max ranks, uh, you know, he, he's gaining over half a stroke um, uh, across the, the season, uh, year to date, I should say. 
Um, and he's 12th and 12th ranked in there. So good company there. Um, so I, I think definitely, definitely, um, want to be in that area when you're kind of approaching the green, as far as off the tee, um, scrolling the list now, I mean, he's not, he's not towards the top. So that could be a little bit concerning. Again, if you get into the rough and you're, uh, if you're in a bad position off the tee, um, you, you know, you could find yourself in a little messy uh, situations out there. And, and right now he's 70th and off the tee. So just, just some concern there, of course. Uh, but again, still pulling for max per, on a personal level um, and, and still going to hold out on that bet that I made back in probably January or February, whatever right. point. I'm still going to hold out on that. But, but just slight concern there with, with off the tee and the other major performances. Uh, you mentioned Hovland. Hovland is just, he's been in contention and all, or at least has been towards the top and all in the past three majors that we've watched. You know, he was in the final pairing in the, the British Open with Rory. He was um, towards the top, had the, was leading after day one in the Masters, um, and then was, you know, pretty close in the PGA Championship as well. Finally broke through and, and, and won with the, the Memorial, which is a big, you know, big tournament there. Hovland's got to be one of the favorites and the odds aren't showing that the odds are showing him still 17 to one, which is great value because I feel like it's probably going to be the last time, especially if he were to win this, that you can get those type of odds with, with Victor Hovland. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, even Brooks at, you know, 12 to one is still kind of shocking to me. Like they have Scotty at seven. I, I can understand that. Uh, Rom at 11. I can understand that, I guess. I would thought those have been just a little bit shorter. Um, but then, yeah, Brooks at 12, like that surprises me. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the it's it's still the it's still the live stuff, I think, ultimately, that they, there's just not enough data on Brooks. Yes, he has had two great performances, and I, luckily I actually do. I was still, like, those odds are – you know, pretty long, it feels like, for what Brooks has been doing. But I got him at 22 to 1 right after he won the PGA Championship. So, like, they have gone down. Um, not to the level of a Scotty or Rory or um, Rom, but, but still, you know, um, still they have gone down. But speaking to Hovland, his strokes gained approach to green um, is in the top 10 and off the tee is, is seventh. Uh, so with Hovland, I think extremely good value there if you're going to bet that. And uh, I think it has a really good shot to win, especially coming off a win just a couple weeks ago and then turning around and caddying for his friends. So, um, and, and who was the last one that you mentioned? Was it Brooks? Yeah, Brooks. Brooks, okay. Max and Vic. Okay, so yeah. And, and Brooks is, yeah, still surprising. You can get a lot of juice out of him as well. Um, I'm I'm kind of living in the same category. I think that... You know, I I think that Scotty, the, the the thing that's holding me back on Scotty is the putting. I think that he's clearly been going through something. Now he's still finishing very high up on the leaderboard, but I think when it comes down to winning a major, like you know, it, you need to have something like that figured out, uh, especially if somebody else is catching uh, catching a hot streak there as well. Um, so. I'm not necessarily betting or thinking that Scotty's going to win, but I do have him included in one of our below average golf bets. Um, 
outside of that, I have my eyes on Spieth a little bit. I know that in the PG, you know, he was he's trending pretty well this year. PGA Championship, he's coming off of an injury. Um, but I think that it seems like he's progressing well as far as the injury goes. And I, I, I do have my eye on Spieth. Um, and then, of course, got to throw out Tony Finau. Have my eye on, him, eye on him a little bit. Again, first time, could be a first time major winner here. Um, I think that, you know, suits his game um, as far as off, off the tee and approach the green. Um, so definitely have some eyes there. And then one final name I've heard a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, I'm not betting this, but Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> Patrick Cantlay seems to be uh, somebody that, again, being an L.A., uh, California kid, going to have some, some, uh, you know, some talk there as well. Um, so we'll, we'll see about that. But, you know, we've talked about Brooks. We've talked about some of these other guys. Um, we haven't touched much outside of Brooks on any other live players. Are you completely just staying away from, from all live players that aren't Brooks Kepka? Uh, I mean, I would, I'll admit I was a little disappointed in DJ the last, um, last time we saw him, it wasn't really what I expected him, um, to do. I mean, Phil, but Phil won his last major out in California. So maybe he does it again. Uh, or well, not does it again, but plays well at least. Yeah. Um, but still, like I don't, I don't know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't just, I just don't know. We don't watch the other guys. We don't get to watch the other guys. You know, we're not, we're not watching the CW in between One Tree Hill and, you know, <laughs> Riverdale, Riverdale that to turn on <laughs> golf. Like we're, you know, we're. <laughs> Especially, you know, with well, I mean, even if we were to watch it, it's just there's what 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 do you take from a fifty four hole shotgun star chain smokers playing exhibition. in the background? Like, yeah, like, exhibition. Like, what do you take from that? You know, Brooks. You know, he won the the week before the Masters, so there was some juice there as far as as Brooks go, and you know, de- people were definitely interested in that and intrigued. But again, he just had that major. Uh, major championship history and that killer mentality prior to all of that. So, you know, he, he had built his uh, reputation up to, to earn that respect. But outside of that, I mean, it's just, it's just hard to gauge. Like no one expected what the, what the masters was where you had Phil Mickelson film, you know, uh, finishing in the top five. I think what he was actually tied for second, right? Like you have Phil Mickelson close, tied for yeah. second. You have Bryson made a decent run. Like, some of those names were, were towards the top and we, we just had no idea because we have nothing to base it off of. But right. um, on that note, yes, completely agree. I've been pretty disappointed with DJ, but I guess that's just what happens when you're at his point in the career and you take the big paycheck and you know, you kind of fall out of the fall out of the game a little bit, fall out of the, the hunger state a little bit there. Um, so, you know, I, I'm definitely fading DJ. Um, Another one that I'm disappointed in, and I think that people, there's a little buzz around, is Cameron Smith. You know, this time last year, and I mean, even let's take a month, a month from now, um, Cameron Smith was the hottest name in golf. Uh, it felt like, you know, just won the US or the, the British Open, took it from Rory right in front of his face, like, and then all of a sudden he joins Liv, and it's like, I feel like we haven't heard much from him since then. Right. And so I, I think I'm adding him to the fade list. Now, 
You're going to hate this, Caleb, or maybe you won't. I'm not sure. Um, I, I hate it because of how poor his statement was uh, when he was on CNN or whatever news network he was on. Um, but Bryson DeChambeau, I, I have my eyes on old, old Bryson this week. <laughs> I got my eyes on him. I, I, I'm not, uh, he's 41 to 1 right now as far as odds go, but he's somebody that maybe in, you know, we, we run a little pool with the, with the major championships um, with our friends and stuff. And, uh, you know, you can get them kind of in lower tiers, players like Bryson in a lower tier. Um, or, you know, do a top 10, top 20, top 30 parlay or just bet it outright. So I have my eye on him uh, for some of that as well. Um, who else are you are you fading when it comes to this U.S. Open? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I there's really nobody that, like, really stands out that, like, I think they're going to do terrible, right? Like, sure, guys aren't playing the greatest right now. Uh, maybe Tom Kim, you know, he, he probably <laughs> won't play well just because Teed. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, um, all jokes aside, like, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm honestly really surprised by Justin Rose last week um, with how well he finished. So, you know, maybe catching him, like, you know, make the cut or top 30 or, you know, something like that where it's like, yeah, it's it's – not that big of one, you know, not that big of a long shot, but still like you might be able to get some good, you know, some good odds on it. Like, I just think he's been playing well recently. So it's, it's fun to see him play well, I think. Cause I, you know, I've been a Justin Rose fan for a while. Um, I just think like his game is smooth for now sure. with all of the equipment changes. He kind of, I think he messed himself up a little bit, but um, you know, apart from those, like it was still cool to see him, you know, I got to see him in person at the memorial. So, like, to see his game on TV and then to see it in person, like, it was just – I just like his game. So, you yeah. know, maybe sprinkle him in as someone that's going to do well as opposed to somebody that's not going to do well. For sure. Yeah, I think that um, – yeah, I, I think that Justin Rose seems to always have, like, the early good performances uh that puts him towards the front uh I'll, n- I'll never forget i think it was 2021 masters where everyone was just like penciling him in to win after his first round um because he just he, he he seems to be one of those guys that starts off hot um he won out in california pretty recently right I, i'm trying to remember did he i think he won the the pro-am or something recently um looking back at it I thought it was pretty recent, and maybe I'm just completely off off here. Um, let me pull up his results this season. Yeah, Pebble Beach. Yeah, so yeah, he won out. In that's February. what I thought. So he's won out in California. Maybe that suits his, his game a little bit um, and, and potentially could, could be some, yeah, just a heads up for, for this uh, U.S. Open. Maybe he can be towards the top there. Um, we haven't talked about him much. He's, he's you know, Decent odds, uh, of course. Rory McIlroy, he had a little bit of a, a rough final round when it comes to RBC Canadian, but he's you know not done that great at the the past couple majors. Definitely not at the Masters. Um, what's our expectation for Rory when coming into the season? We thought that this was the you know this was the going to be the Rory. Well, I thought that you kind of called what's what's going on here. So kudos to you, but. 
what do we think about old old Rory this week? Yeah, I feel like his season has been the tales of the peaks and valleys. Um, and I I'm not sure what we're gonna get until we get it. Like that's and that's not like Rory at all. That's not the Rory of you know of the past by any means, but like that's just how it's been this year. And like some of these tournaments where I'm like, okay, obviously he cares, but like it's not a major, so he's not going to care probably as much, which he might, which good for him. But like some of them where I'm thinking, okay, he's like, he's, he wants to win this one and then he does terrible or he misses a cut. Yeah. And yeah. then the ones that are like, okay, uh, like he's here just because he needed it on his schedule. He might have a tie in with a, you know, with a sponsor somehow. So that's why he picked this one. That's why he's not skipping it. And then he like does something crazy like almost wins it it's like yeah i don't i don't know what rory is right now and so it's hard for me to be like oh he's gonna do great or man he's gonna suck because mm-hmm. like we just don't know what we're gonna get dude i you know i'm the biggest rory fan on the podcast by far um and you know the past going into the masters i was super high on it this is the time he's gonna break through he he's figured it out he went and shot you know he had like 17 putts um when he played a practice round out of augusta like there's all this buzz and this is his time uh and then next thing you know misses the cut and then we don't see from you don't see anything from him for like three or four weeks it felt like and then he comes back to PGA Championship, kind of in the mix, but, you know, kind of more towards the middle. Made the cut, was, you know, part of the weekend, all of that. Um, but didn't, you know, clearly wasn't towards the top necessarily. And uh, and I was, you know, a little high on him. I was like, hey, he's going to turn it around. Now, coming into the U.S. Open, I have zero, I have zero expectations for him. I, I'm not putting a single dollar on his name whether it's to make the cut, miss the cut, win the tournament, finish DFL. Like I have no, I have like, I have zero expectation for him. And I feel like because I have zero expectation and because a lot of people not necessarily throwing in the towel, but maybe throwing in the towel a little bit on on the expectations with him. It feels like this would be the time that he would win because people have given up on him. So I don't know. Not, I'm not giving up on Rory. I'm I'm still going to clearly cheer for him and, um, unless it's the Ryder Cup, different story there. But until until then, biggest Rory fan that you'll see. But I just I, I'm I'm not expecting anything this weekend. Yep. I'm not expecting like again, no expectations for me going into this. So we'll see about old, old Rory, Rory there. Um, anything else that you have in mind in regards to the to the U.S. Open as as we go into it? I don't think so. I mean, well, so hold on. I will say, did you see the video where they dropped the ball in the fairway and then it ran to the other side? Like, yeah, it looks like the fairway's running on like a 13 on a cent meter alone in the fairway. So, like, I'm super excited. You know, this this may be the time where I like a little bit of carnage just because it's it's interesting to see how the course plays out. Now, I would still want guys to like go shoot. 20 under on this course with the tough conditions and be like, Hey, like this was supposed to be tough. They said that they were going to set it up tough and I just scorched it. Like I, that would be pretty cool. So Listen, I, it's a little I bit think, of both. 
I think it'd be awesome. Don't get me wrong. If, if, if it is the hardest course or, you know, hardest conditions that the course could um, put in place or, you know, that the superintendent and USGA can put in place, then, and, and somebody shoots that awesome. But I want to see absolute just, I don't, I, I want to see first round scores of, you know, 73, 74 from the leader. Like I want I just, par to be a good round. I I want those guys to go out and freaking earn it on Thursday, and then maybe you know through the weekend trickle down, maybe shoot a four, you know, final score be like five under. Like that's that's what I'm hoping for. I was watching uh, I was watching some highlights. I think it was in 2008 U.S. Open uh, when, when Tiger won in the playoff, um, and, and I think he finished like one under. I can't remember what the final score was, but I think at least in the playoff itself, it was like one under one over something like that at some point of the clip that I was watching, uh, which leads me to this. The U S open still has the playoff. As far as I know, it's still an 18 hole the next day, right? Uh, that I'm not sure of. <sighs> I'm pretty sure that the, the I, I know that in the history and at least in 2008, of course, um that you I know, do the US Open that. does have a um I'm I'm pulling it up now, but the US Open Oh, okay, it was changed recently. Okay, so it's no longer a thing. There's no longer eighteen hole uh eighteen hole playoff here. Um but but yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> definitely had some concerns that we could see something like that, especially if we were uh going through going through a, a very close matchup there. So we, we don't see that anymore. So never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll scratch that conversation for now. Now, give me like a three-hole aggregate or something, you know. That, that'd be cool, but... Yeah. No, I thought like the RBC Canadian was fun um, w- with how it was for sure. Um, Nick Taylor just absolutely murdering that 72-footer. That was dude, awesome. It was amazing. I, you just Good for Canada. I know we should all let them have this one. We should have uh, given a, given a shout out. I was going to give a shout out in our uh, above and below average uh, golf moments, but you know, whatever it's okay. Shout out to to Nick Taylor and uh, shout out to Tommy Fleetwood's caddy dealing with the decisions that Tommy Fleetwood makes. (laughs) (laughs) Just some poor decisions, or maybe it's the caddy that's leading to that. Um, But no, very excited for the U S open. Uh, if you keep up with our social media, we have some below average golf bets that'll be going out on Twitter and, and Instagram um, before the tournament tees off on um, more Thursday morning. Which we're we're on the east coast, you know, we're on the Eastern Standard Time. So one downside, it depends on how you look at it. I like waking up, especially on Saturday and Sunday, and golf being on. With right. it being out in California, it's like the early tee times are like. 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Yeah. like it's our our time so not not a huge fan of that but it does make for prime time golf and the finish will be what eight o'clock or something crazy like that because of- yeah i got a i got a round lined up with dad uh for father's day so i'm hoping by the time uh we tee off at three we can kind of you know be around the the leaders um you know positions and then by the time we get back to the house it'll it'll be close to I can watch like the last three or four holes. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There's, I don't know if this has always been the way I, you know, I've always celebrated father's day with my dad, of course, but like 
now I'm, I'm a little more aware of it because I'm being celebrated a little selfishly. Right. right. Um, but I love that the U S open falls on father's day. Um, especially with the bond that my dad and I have, I know you and, and gear bear have as well where, you know, golf is a big part of that. And, uh, it's, it's just awesome to watch one of the major championships on father's day and just like have that be part of it. Like I was talking to my dad and I'm like, Hey, us opens on father's day again like let's you know let's let's do our lunch and what we do and then come back to the house and just turn it on and just enjoy some golf because that's what we did last year so uh, i'm excited for that but but anyways um we did an emergency podcast on uh on this subject for sure um but i think just want to recap some of the stuff that's happened since then probably keep it a little brief because there's still so much up in the air, but you've been living, living under a rock PGA tour and the PIF not live are merging. Uh, the PIF and the PGA tour and the DP world tour are merging, starting a new company. We're not really sure what it's going to look like, but somewhat coming together in a partnership. Now there are a little bumps in a few bumps in the road that are being already being hit. U.S. Senate's looking into it from what I saw. Uh, which means that there's just going to be a slew of uh, legal uh, reviews that go into this whole merger acquisition, whatever it's called. Um, but Caleb, I have to ask you, you called Monahan a snake, came in pretty like heated about the argument. Have you softened on anything? Or are you still kind of living in the Monahan's a snake? I, I understand this deal, but Monahan's a snake. Like, have you softened on that at all? Not on Jay. That that was still probably the the crappiest thing that you could have pulled, um, in my opinion, when it comes to this situation. Um, It's like with how he treated everybody as pawns, um, multiple people. It wasn't just one. It wasn't just one group of people. Um, You know, there was a lot of people involved that he just did the absolute worst to. Um, So no, Jay's still a snake. Um, Can't stand him. but yeah, man, like all, all weekend I was around a decent amount of people. Um, and like, they know, like I was around enough people that know me pretty well to know that I'm probably fairly knowledgeable of what's going on right now. And like, I couldn't answer any questions because we just, we don't know. I know. Like, yeah, it's a sure thing today. Uh, tomorrow, um, it's not, um, you know, the next day it, it might be, um, but now the government's involved. Um, the day after that, oh, the government's probably going to say, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to tweak some things, but it'll work. Um, but, like, what does that mean for the tours? Like, we we have no idea. And, like, that's why so many people this weekend are like, so, like, what's going on? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I was trying I to explain answers. it to, you know, my my wife's grandpa. Like, she was asking, like, hey, like, what's going on? And I'm like, okay, well this group's trying to do this because they ran out of money. And then that group's trying to do this, but the government's saying no, but they're going to say yes. So it doesn't really matter. But now you have this other tour that's just going to get left in the dust. But if that doesn't work, then, you know, all the other players are probably just going to get left in the dust. And it's like, I, I don't know. Like I do. Sorry. I don't know. Yeah. It's no one knows. No one knows. I don't think that the PGA Tour knows. I don't think that Yasser from PIF knows. I don't think the, D- the DP World Tour definitely doesn't know. <laughs> <They> <laughs> Keith definitely is probably like, huh? 
Yeah, exactly. Go, What's going on? Exactly. So I, um, yeah, I, 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 there's not, I mean, there's, again, we could talk about it and talk ourselves in circles about this whole deal. We just don't know. No one knows. Um, play, you know, we've gotten some more player reaction from it. Um, I will say, like, I think that there's definitely people that are heated. Um, there's definitely people that are against Jay. And I think that overall, like, I, I'm with you. I have not softened on Jay. I've softened on the idea of it. I think that the more I think about it, and if it actually does go through, sure, I think it's going to be good for golf. I think that it's going to be fine. And I think that there's scenarios where it works out pretty well. But I cannot come around to the fact of what Jay Monahan has done in the past year. I don't know how he can continue to be the CEO or whatever new corporation is being built. Like I, I just I can't envision it, and I can't envision that the locker room loves that idea. And it sounds like the locker room doesn't. Now, I was a little surprised with like Rory didn't come out as hot as I expected him to, and he's been the the spokesperson for all of the stuff going on in the last year, um, and it's led to some detriment in his game for sure. So I was surprised he didn't come out as hard at it, but also he has a lot to gain from this whole situation anyways, whether it is a true up from him not taking live money, even though he says he didn't get live money um, and him going out week after week and being the PGA tour spokesperson. Like I think that he believes he's going to get a true up, um, you know, via a nine figure um, investment to him or whatever it may be. We don't know. Um, but either way, I, I think that I was a little surprised by that, but ultimately it seems like the guys at the top are frustrated, but not like don't have the pitchforks necessarily for Jay versus guys like Wesley Bryan and um, Mackenzie Hughes. And like a lot of the kind of lower tier players seem to have the pitchforks out. And I think for, for good reason from their own perspective, for sure. Um couple of comments that have been made in the media, which I wanted to, to pull the, the string on a little bit, was Brooks saying at the end of his press conference that see you guys next week at the Travelers. I think it's a hilarious joke, but I also am not convinced that if he went and teed it up at the Travelers the week after the U.S. Open, where when he's not on the PJ Tour, at this point, I'm not convinced that that can't happen because this is such a mess. Oh, yeah. Like if he actually were to go tee it up on a PGA tour event a week from a week from Thursday, there's absolutely no, like there would be no surprise for me. Like it, it would break the internet a little bit or golf Twitter at least, but like it also wouldn't be that surprising because no one knows what's going on. So there's that. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to get to Rom's comments um, and, and Rom had made some statements about, you know, I'm thankful for the PGA tour. We're kind of paraphrasing here very poorly. Um, but you know, thankful for the PGA tour basically alluded to like, I don't know what's happening next, whatever. And, and, and Caleb, I, I guess I wanted you to, you, you had some thoughts on it, uh, in our text thread, but kind of what was your, your feedback from, from what Ram was saying and, and what do you see from that? Yeah. First of all, like I circling back just real quick, like I was a little bit disappointed with, with Rory's stance. Like I think Rory is definitely more of an adult slash level headed than I am, um, which probably led to that, but still like he of all people could have easily just moved the masses and gotten Jay out if anybody was going to, but he like, I guess took the high road. I don't know. I, I was a little disappointed in that. So 
I think that it's whatever. he's probably not. If I had to guess, he's probably not super. He's he's clearly not happy about it, right? And I don't think he's happy with Jay. Like I think he even hesitated when people were like, um, I think a question came in where it was like, "Are you confident in Jay Monahan moving forward?" And he kind of took a, a, heavy a deep breath. sigh, yeah, <laughs> heavy breath there. And so I think that the way I see it is that he's probably not happy, um, especially with his involvement in all this and what he has been told and how he's been told to defend the tour for the past year. Um, probably not super, super thrilled with that. But like I said, he has a lot to gain from this. So I'm sure he's not trying to necessarily rock the boat before things go through. Right. I yeah. don't think that he's, <laughs> I don't think that he's going to uh, try to go on this, you know, public rampage against Monahan. I think that because he has so much to gain, if it goes through, once it goes through, that's when you speak up. That's when you're like, okay, we're merged. Here's Yasser. He's the chairman of whatever this new corporation is. Hey, Yasser, I don't trust Jay Monahan. I have Rom and Scotty and JT and Brooks and all these other guys that don't trust Jay either. Let's get somebody else in this position. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I could see happening if he truly has upset uh, feelings towards Jay Monahan to a point where he's going to call for his job. That's just my opinion. Though. Right. And, you know, between Jay and that Jimmy Dunn guy, which that's even more wild of a story. Um, <laughs> I think that's a story within itself, being the one that he was the one that pretty much made the deal as, as what we've mm -hmm. learned. Um, and all of his history with, with all of that stuff. Um, that one really shocked me. Like I was very, very surprised about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was kind of hoping that Rory would have the comments that Rom kind of made where he's like, listen, like we're betrayed. We don't know what's going on. Um, we're trying to have a little bit of faith in the leadership, but how can we have faith in the leadership now? Um, and, you know, that's kind of the theme of what the other guys that have left. There was always like, a, yeah, well, you know, either my team will look at it or, you know, I'm not really concerned about it or, you know, we're going to evaluate what the PJ tour is like right now. And then they're gone. Mm -hmm. And then now you've got Rom saying like, you know, I'm, we're looking into it. We don't really know what's coming. Uh, we don't really trust them. So why, like what's keeping him from going now? Like, and now well, I don't, I don't know that he will just because he signed up for like that TGL. And I don't know if that matters. Like there's probably no correlation as far as that goes, but you know, if there is like, we've kind of got our base of players that are like, yeah, we're, you know, we're staying on the PJ tour side, but if they're all together now, then what does it matter? So it's like, I don't know. I honestly, I don't want it to be true. Not because of John Rom. I don't want it to be true because there's those two live accounts <laughs> that just are making it that much worse. Like I, at this point I could probably could not care less about yeah. what goes on over there, but like those two Twitter accounts are like just the worst, the worst, the literal worst. <laughs> and like, they are the reason why I want them to fail. Uh, no. Yeah. No kidding. And I think that live itself will fail. I think that Piff realizes that. 
Yasser realizes that, and that's why this whole thing is even coming to coming together um at this point you're right like i'm sure there's the rumors or maybe facts that they approached the pga tour years ago and pga tour never even took a meeting with yasser and pif and all that um but yeah either, either way this is where we're at now and they're not happy with the return that's happening from live they're not happy with the results of being on the CW versus being on ESPN, CBS, and NBC. So, um, the the full ROM quote I just pulled it from from Kyle Porter uh, on Twitter. Uh, ROM says, "quote There's a lot of unanswered questions. It's the week before a major. I'm trying not to think about it. You want to have faith in management, and I want to have faith that this is the best thing for all of us. But it's clear that's not the consensus. Uh, a lot of people feel a little bit." feel a bit of betrayal from management. It's not as easy as a player who's been involved to wake up and see this bombshell. We're all in a state of limbo. Um, he made some other comments about, you know, thinking the PGA tour, maybe moving, uh, <laughs> moving away or something like that. I just don't think that I think that. I don't know. I, I, I don't see, I don't see Rom making, and I don't think that he can make a move to live at this point until the deal were to fall out. Like, I think that he, I think that that was a big part of the framework of the deal is that there can no, there can be no longer recruitment from PGA tour over to live, um, for the 2022 or 2023 season. Um, so I, I personally don't think anything, uh, will happen there. I think that if this deal were to fall through, I could, I could definitely see him going over there. If, if the PIF is going to stay involved with live because a lot of his friends are over there. And you and you can see Brooks is living proof that you can only play the majors and and be okay, um, and and just make a boatload of money over on Live. So, um, I can see Rom doing that, but for now, I think that he's probably going to be loyal to PGA Tour, and he probably doesn't have a choice at this point um, with, with how the framework's put together there. Could be, so. But either way, uh, definitely something that was a little eye opening. Um, there were rumors that Rom was thinking about going before this all came through. Um, and I think if Rom would have went, maybe that's what, you know, that could be another factor of why the PGA tour rushed into this, uh, where it seems, you know, that this was a rush decision. No one knows what's going on. Um, so maybe there's, there's some truth to that. Uh, but either way, we don't know and we probably won't know for a long time. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we get some answers soon and understand what this is going to look like. But, uh, seems like that maybe might not be the case. I forgot to mention this also in the U.S. Open portion of this podcast, but I think the USGA is going to go even a little harder on this course because of all the stuff going on and like kind of take take the spotlight back a little bit, try to get back at hey we're we're bigger than the PGA Tour and PIF and Live and DP World Tour. We're the USGA. We we govern golf here in the U.S. So let's show you who's boss out here, baby. Let's show you who's boss. Let's roll it all whatever the highest, whatever the most difficult course could be. Let's do it. So I, I can see that. Or they can be like, no, let's, let's just have a fun tournament. <laughs> let's, yeah. We're still a major. Let's just have fun. Uh, but anyways, okay, Caleb, it's that time of the week, that time of the episode, time to get into our own golf games a little bit. Um, I played some golf. Um, I have some above and below average golf moments, but before I get into those, what do you got for us for below and above average golf moments this week? 
Yeah, so um, played a couple times in the last week, week and a half. Uh, really like where my game's at. Um, still have, you know, I was texting you, like I feel like I'm so close to yeah. really getting a, a good grasp on my golf game. Um, so that's probably my below average moment as far as like there's just a couple times where it's like, you know, I I didn't need to be as aggressive on that putt or – you know, I probably should have clubbed up and aimed for the middle instead of, you know, trying to get it on the front and then letting it roll or stuff like that. So decision making is is still probably my below average moment. Um, and, you know, playing on different surfaces, that's always tough for me putting like I would honestly, I'd rather put on super fast greens because um, I'm the kind of person that like I'm going to I'm going to read more and then try to marry the lineup to the read as opposed to um, getting my speed and then, you know, marrying it that way. So um, playing on courses that, you know, aren't, you know, they're not velvet or they're not, you know, <laughs> carpet by any means, but they're definitely a little bit slower. It's, it's harder for me um, to get there. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm close, but that's still probably the below average portion of my game. Um, Above average, I've I've played my last two rounds five over combined, um, so that's been a lot of fun. Um, I was on the fringe of hole number nine at Arrowhead on my drive. Um, oh boy. That's the the closest that I've ever come to driving that green. Um, so that one that one was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm close. My handicap has dropped. Um, I think it was like a ten point two to start the week probably three weeks ago. Um, but since then I'm down to a 9.1. Um, so that's, that is, um, on the rise. Nope. Um, on the, like it's falling, the, but in a good way, I guess, in a good way, <laughs> uh, dropping in a good way, I guess. Um, but yeah, man, I, like I said, in that text I sent you that night, like I, I feel like I'm so close. And yeah. like, I want to be there so bad, but my decision-making is what's in my way. And I just, I need to have more of the golfer in me come out than, you know, the man in me. Um, <laughs> and I feel like once I do that, then, then we'll really be coasting. Good. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm confident you've, uh, definitely, I mean, it seems like overall, and I was kind of questioning myself on this a little bit earlier, but it seems overall like you feel better about your game compared to call it November of 2022. Like, and we're just sure. now into June. And I was telling you, like, you know, you didn't play that much golf in May. Um, you, you played a couple times here and there. And, and I was like, man, if you're making these strides now and it's not even, you know, we're, we're not, when we're recording this, we're not even halfway through June at this point. Like by the time that the bag strip comes around and, uh, later, you know, early mid July, like you're going to be in a really good spot cause you're playing a lot more. Um, so it, it's exciting and encouraging to hear for sure. Um, and, and, and you'll get it figured out, um, before you know it. So excited to, excited to see that, that journey continue. Um, I played, I played a scramble. I played a scramble, um, last week I was supposed to play around during the week and wasn't able to, so um, ended up just playing. A, a, was a part of a, a charity scramble, 
uh, played in that and um, had a good time. Not really going to take much from, from that. Of course, it's just a different, (laughs) it's a different level of golf out there, man. It's, 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 it's out for a good time. Not and especially the, the team I was playing with, it wasn't out there to win. Like it was out there for a good time, not a long time. So what you're saying, you guys didn't contend. We can, yeah, no, we, we're all right. We're all right. Hey, we, we shot. So I, um, I messed up 18 birdies at some point because we, when we got done with the round, we actually ended up at uh, four under, but 18 birdies at two under. So I think I double clicked somewhere on my watch or whatever happened. Uh, but hey, we were four under. I was going into it like if we shoot even par with the team that we had, like that's a good day. Um, right. And we shot four strokes better, so uh, that that was exciting. But either way, um, that's an above average golf moment, not my above average golf moment. Uh, played last night. Um, oh, I haven't talked about this on the podcast, have I? I got fit for New Callaway Irons. I haven't talked about that, have I? You have not. You were okay. out last week. Oh yeah, that's right. No, okay, the above so, average moment, above, above average, average moments the most, in the last week and a half is the most, the most above average moment. Uh, is that yes, I am now a Callaway golfer beyond just the golf ball or the hat that I wear. Um, I now the majority of my bag is Callaway golf clubs. Um, I have uh, the Rogue ST Max irons, and then the. Um, jaws raw wedges um three of those bad boys so got fit for those shout out to verska for hooking me up uh with chris drake here in india indianapolis area really great experience with chris uh very informative um very very happy with how that went definitely will be back to him for for future fittings lessons etc um, so, so very happy with that experience, but yes, got new irons, got new wedges. We can do a what's in the bag at some point, but either way came in early yesterday morning. And then I played around after work, um, yesterday evening with my dad. Um, and it's just, it's funny. The, the excitement got to me uh, a little bit. I did. I was unable to get to the range before the round. So I go into the round, fresh new irons. Uh, fresh new wedges that I haven't hit outside of a fitting. Um, I hadn't played golf since the the outing. Um, and again, that's just a different environment. So really haven't played this type of golf in like it felt like two weeks at that point. And uh, went into it and the irons and wedges did not fail me. Had a overall like felt pretty good about that part of my game. But man the driver is so freaking frustrating right now and below average golf moment is not the driver performance but more of my own lack of confidence with it right now because i i'm not i'm not staying committed to what i've been working on all off season because when i stay committed to what i've been working on all off season i hit the driver really well hit it pretty you know pretty well and uh when i am half committed to it or when i revert to old habits it does what it it does what it what i fixed it does exactly what i fixed i miss far right or you know i I just don't make good contact with it and you know my dad called me out on it he's like hey why did you take a half swing there i'm like what are you talking about it's like i'm just in my own head where i'm like not staying committed to what Scott worked with me on and, and what I worked on from, you know, November all the way up until February, March, 
Um, and I'm not, I, I just haven't stayed committed to that. So after the round, so that's my below average golf moment. I'm, I'm, I haven't stayed committed to it. Um, as far as like just mentally committing to this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. Um, but above average golf moment is that I had bought a range token before the round. Cause I thought I'd have time. I didn't. So I went to the range afterwards. I only had like 30 balls and I was like, okay, we're going to be very methodical with how this goes. I'm not, I'm not going to just hit 30 drivers in a row. I'm going to hit a driver and then I'm going to pull out a wedge or an iron and I'm going to take my time just like I would with, with a normal golf round. And believe it or not, Caleb, above average golf moment or second above average golf moment of the week, when I take my time and when I stay committed to what I do, what do I do? I hit a great drive. Time after time after time. Again, it wasn't, you know, you can only take so much from the range, but it was that mental, like, stay committed to what you've been working on. Focus on what you've been working on and, and, and commit to that. And sure enough, sure, I had a, they weren't all perfect, but they were not what I was experiencing in the round and what led to kind of my downfall. So right. below average golf moment, not staying committed. Above average golf moment, it's funny what happens when you commit and, hey, I got new irons and wedges and I can't wait to shoot some low scores. So exactly. that's, how, that's how I'll end the, the podcast from my end. But any, any final words from you? Yeah, I'm super excited to to get you out there and, you know, see what we can do with that um, or see what you can do with that. Obviously, um, one thing that I've really been trying to hammer myself is trying to be a little bit more intentional on the range. Um, we both talked about how, you know, we kind of develop bad habits on the range if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of have to, like, take a deep breath kind of between each shot, like, you know, like you were just talking about and really understand, like, hey, you know, we're going to do some things that we've worked on or that's why like I I always used to like make fun of the people that had alignment sticks. Yeah. And <laughs> then I'm like, I'm gonna try alignment sticks. And then yeah. I'm now I'm like, man, if I didn't have alignment sticks, like, yeah, I could use my clubs, but like for whatever reason, it's just not the same. And I I don't think I'll ever not have alignment sticks in my bag ever again. So it's yeah. like it, it just kind of really helps me with like that visual of like, all right, some things that I have to work on are taking it straight back instead of, you know, pulling in, or if I, if my hips start going too early, then I can see it, you know, visually on the, on the path of where my alignment sticks are. So, um, really glad that we can, we can get on the range and, and stuff like that. And I'm super excited to, to see how, uh, how we can tear up Michigan for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, man, so am I, I'm really looking forward to Michigan. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you are. Um, yeah, go listen to the, the previous podcast if you want more insight to that. But yeah, I I was I guess I should have mentioned this too as well. The, the Thursday before the scramble, my wife and I went out and hit some balls, and we bought you know two we bought two large buckets. We were both you know hitting and all that, and I just I got to a point where I was just like, oh my god, what am I doing? Like I'm just I'm I'm rapid fire through some of these. Then I'll take my time a little bit and I'll hit some good shots. And then I'm back to rapid fire because there's a hundred and, you know, to, between the two of us, 140 balls to hit. Like that is overkill. Like for right. now moving forward, I, I just, I need to commit to hitting. Tw- if I'm going to go to the range, um, I'm going to, I need to commit to 20 or 30 balls. Like I, I can't do, I can't do the large buckets, the, 
the the rapid fire like losing the intention there um because it just it builds bad habits and it's not how golf is played you know what happens after you hit a golf shot you go and you either walk to your ball or you drive to your ball and there's right. a at least a 30 second if not two minute like you know difference between that versus on the range rapid fire just throw another ball down just hit another ball just do this and that you tire yourself out build bad habits so i'll throw that in the, the below average uh, moments as well but hey callaway clubs michigan soon very big announcement next week it's the u.s open what a time to be part of bags and what a time to be a follower of bags like welcome welcome to the to, to the bags experience everybody we're, we're very excited to take you through it all Caleb, any final, final words for today's episode? None over here. None over here. Let's uh, let everybody enjoy the U.S. Open. Again, more uh, more content coming out next week. And uh, excited to, to introduce you all to that. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And follow us on Twitter, at Bags Golf. And we will see you next time. Tell you all the story about the joker and the thief, I said. I'll tell you all the story about the joker and the thief, I said. I was all alone.